this episode is airing on my birthday. Of course, I was on a plane. Ha, Sagittarius gang. But the truth is, we're we're not getting out of here alive. So you have to make sure you bury me in a low cleavage dress. I have to tattoo. Are my words meant to heal or they meant to hurt? As long as you are who you are, there's nothing to lose worth having. Damn it, B! <laughs> you are listening to Two Bees in a Pod and I am Bilola. And I am B. Leonga, and this is a podcast about life as an immigrant in the U.S. from our points of view, sharing our perspectives on various topics. Including straddling cultures, fitting in, staying connected, learning and unlearning the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our episode today is a little bit different. Uh, You may have noticed the title is B-Day. That is because this episode is going to air on Monday, December 4th, which is my birthday. So (laughs) we're going to have, you know, a little bit of a different uh, episode today talking about a few different things, but our icebreaker is kind of in line with, you know, getting older and birthdays. So it's actually something that somebody asked me earlier this year, I was having a conversation with a friend and I don't know what prompted the question, but she asked, If you could go back to a certain age and stay there, what would it be as per like your best age where if you could go and just remain at that age forever, which what age would it be? Three. Three years old? You have memories from three? Mm -hmm. I have memories from two. (laughs) (laughs) I'm my memory. My memory is scary good and bad in strange ways i remember the day they took my pacifier from me um ma'am i remember i was probably two which is why i shouldn't have had it but i remember it was a sunday afternoon sun was shining my dad took it and i chased him to the road and back and i cried until i had a headache and this man did not relent i used to wear it around my neck with a rope um yeah (laughs) These days and now I don't remember, but he said like I would talk. And then when I was done talking, I'll put it back in my mouth, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but I will go back to three. At three, I was still the last child. (laughs) (laughs) Life was a lot easier. I didn't have to worry about anything. Like everything was somebody else's problem. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really have friends per se at that age. Like I was just starting school. So I didn't really care about my friends like that. Mm-hmm. But it was just easy. And I wasn't like pressed to hang out or go places. So in my mind, three was like perfect age. My brother was born the next year, which is why life, nothing. <laughs> went downhill from there. <laughs> life was perfect when it was just my sister and I. Oh, see, when she asked me that question, I, I was not thinking about it from your perspective all the way back to childhood and maybe my answer would have been different because like when she asked I was only thinking from like an adult perspective right so this is what I told her which I stand by today but maybe I need to like split my life into two and like ask the question for the adulthood and childhood but I told her that and this is gonna sound really corny but it's honest I told her that I wouldn't I wouldn't go back to any age because I feel like, no, I feel like I know that my life keeps getting better. So like, why would I want to go back to a point where it was not as good as it is now? 
not necessarily that it was even bad back then, but that is better now. So I don't ever, there, there's nothing back there that is better than what it is now, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get that. And I think I would agree with you. Although if you had asked me, I'd have probably tried to find an age. But when mm-hmm. you put it that way, I would agree with you that no matter how challenging um, life gets and adulthood just gets harder sometimes, I think that each year gets better as you grow. You grow, mm-hmm. you learn a little bit more about yourself. And as I always say, like, you're not competing with anybody, but, you know, your future self and your former self and trying to be better versions or self that your future self would be proud of so in that regard yes there's there's really not much to go back to the only reason i would want to go back to an age is probably for some petty some pettiness or something <laughs> not any real reason yeah it I mean... to go back and talk crazy <laughs> to somebody or do some nonsense but by and large i agree with you like getting older each year gets better in like especially like you know being more comfortable with who you are being Mm -hmm. trusting yourself trusting your gut knowing what you like knowing what you don't like and setting your boundaries it only gets better with age yeah agreed and i mean i know that i i see people who really get like depressed around their birthday and there could be various reasons right but the one that i'm thinking of specifically people getting depressed that they're getting older and maybe i have not got to that point yet but i'm just like it's a blessing like i know it sounds corny again but it's a blessing that you're making it to another year right and like think about all of the things that you have experienced and gone through and it's funny because i have a journal that has prompts and a few days ago one of the prompts was to write a letter to you your younger self, it could be at any point in the past. So it was, I was thinking about this a lot more because of that exercise that I was doing. Like, and I, of course it's, (laughs) it's a journal that's supposed to help you like, you know, dig up feelings and deal with things like that. So of course I picked a point in the past where I was struggling. Right. So I was writing a letter to that version of myself at that moment in time and I was telling her like like just hold on right like if I could bring you here and show you how things are like it it gets better but you just have to like work through this what you're going through now but it's ultimately going to be for the best so that's kind of my philosophy like even when I experience things now and sidebar this is why I like journaling because if you go and pull your old journals and you just pick like Think of a time when you were going through something like really bad and you thought like, I'm never going to get over this. This is the worst shit. And you read how you were expressing yourself then. Now in the present, when you're going through some shit, you can remember all those times in the past. You can refer back to them and be like, look at this other time when I thought, you know, it will never get better. And it did. So I guess um, my advice to everybody is that you should journal. (laughs) <laughs> i'm laughing because i have my journals from from three to about upper sit in my position right now nice. um, all i see is a dramatic angsty <laughs> it's like every two days oh my goodness everybody hates me or i hate everybody and nobody understands <laughs> it is next time i come i'll try to remember and give it to you because 
they're hilarious for just how yeah all the emotions <laughs> were just extra just extra extra dramatic but i also say that because i was a terror as a child i read um both my siblings diaries growing up the older one and the younger one i have trust issues with a diary because i know what i did so i treat mm-hmm. my diary i give myself crumbs in my diary so that i remember what i was talking about but it's mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I get you it's not for everybody and this is just because i was a really awful person and would not let my sister have privacy like to this day i can tell you <laughs> that i remember what her 92 diary looked like her 93 i think wow. at some point my mother even bought her a diary with a lock just because of me like i i was a bane of her existence and i'm you know i'm sorry but I, was, I used to have one of those. I had a diary with a lock. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know if any of my siblings were, were reading my diaries. Um, oh, no, I don't horrible. know. I, I was I, I was particularly <laughs> horrible. That's that's all I can say. And like you said about birthdays, like for people who might feel, you know, summer when birthdays come around, my new philosophy, especially between like 2019 to now, I lost a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so these days, I've told people, a milestone birthday is the one you're alive to celebrate. <laughs> That's, there you go. No, there's no fourth yet. Mm-mm. Every birthday you're alive to celebrate is a milestone. There is no, if you want to throw yourself a party, in my house, we celebrate half birthdays. We buy cake, we blow candles. Um, We're a little bit extra, but it's just like, if you want to celebrate your 35 and a quarter, by all means, celebrate. There's no guarantee that mm-hmm. you're gonna be there for you know. So I don't, I don't like the milestone thing. I tell people just celebrate being alive. And I think after losing a lot of people, especially my friends, who you know, like you're living life, and we talk about life and death, and we're just going. And then when your friend dies, you know, out of the blue, they were not sick. It's just like so. We're all going to die. That's literally where yeah. my head is most days. And it has shifted my perspective on a lot of things because I'm just like, look, we're not getting out of here alive. Now, I probably use it to justify a lot of rubbish that I want to do, like <laughs> spend money. Yeah. Um, but the truth is we're we're not getting out of here alive. So, I mean, safe because the, the sad part is we don't know when we are getting out of here. Mm-hmm. So... You know, save for the future and other such stories. But I think that there's some moderation in like while you're alive and you have breath in you, you should do the things that bring you joy. Agreed. And one concept that I like to think about from time to time, especially when you talk about people who have passed away, right? You know what a light year is, right? It, the distance that light travels in a year. Like they use it to measure distances in space. I know it's kind of confusing to get your head around, but it's a distance. A light year is a distance, right? So I'll just use a simple example. One light year away from Earth, just imagine that there's an alien or or some entity, a point in space, one light year away, and they're using some, you know, super telescope to look back onto the Earth. The Earth that they are observing is, they're seeing things that were happening a year ago, because it's taking the light one year to reach them, right? So if you have somebody who has passed away, let's say 10 years ago, just imagine 
a point in space 10 light years away from Earth. At that point, again, you can imagine yourself or an alien or an entity, or just at that point, looking back to the Earth, that person is still alive. So it's a kind of a cool concept to think about space and time and that there's a point in space-time where your person is still here or you can kind of project it into the future if you don't you want to motivate yourself to do something think about the be of the future and i use this in the morning when i don't want to make up my bed <laughs> because when i when i'm in the in the morning especially if i'm running late or i'm just not feeling it I, I hate making up my bed, but I do it every day because I'm like the bee that comes home after work or wherever she's going to, she's going to be really annoyed when she walks into this room and the bed is not made. Yep. Or she's going to be really annoyed when she walks into her house and the coffee mug that she was drinking when she left is on the counter. So I try to think of future bee when I'm yes. making my decisions, right? Like I, I care about her. So I'm going to take the 30 seconds to make up my bed. I'm going to, you know, take the 30 seconds to put this mug in the dishwasher. Now, does it always work with big things? Like you talk about spending money. I, I care about present B also. Present B <laughs> wants to shop life. <laughs> so I got to balance all the Bs. Yes. I, I, you know, I have to think about present B, you know, like you said, she might die tomorrow. So I want her to enjoy some things, but I'm also thinking about future B who is going to be looking for that money in her bank account. And she's going to be like, damn it, B. <laughs> balance. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a fine, a really fine balance, but yeah. I just, it's like, you know, people who you're storing money and you, you don't know um, when my friend passed, I lost a friend two years ago and she died really suddenly. And I think, Every now and again, I think about her. She had gone on this trip like two weeks before she passed. And I just, I'm like, man, I'm so thankful she did that, right? Like she'd been working so hard and doing all these things. I'm just like, man, I'm so happy that she was able to do, take that one trip because it's like, we're all working. We're saving for retirement. Imagine if she hadn't taken a trip that, oh, I'm saving money for this thing. Or I'm saving money for that thing. So I always think about that. Like, I'm happy she she got to do that for herself. Mm -hmm. um, but I hear you on like making Maybe like last weekend we went out of town for a few days and I remember being adamant about like I had to change the sheets before we left mm -hmm. just because I'm like I don't want to come back and there's stuff on the bed or you know like when you're traveling sometimes and the chaos or like in night outs as they say girls remove the whole closet hey good <laughs> to pick an outfit and you know sometimes something just tells you um take care of this or last year we're going to a wedding right so we went to like a destination wedding and i remember my cousin and i being adamant about cooking that afternoon and everybody was looking at us you know some kind of crazy like why are you guys cooking we're going to a reception there will be food and we kept saying we're going to come back whatever hour it is we came back we will be hungry mm -hmm. and we insisted and finally we could we cook like this big pot of pasta we came back 3 a.m 4 a.m People are high, hungover. <laughs> After they're done eating, somebody's like, thank you guys for insisting. You know? See? 
because I can't imagine coming back that morning and like there was what were we going to do and stores were closed we would have been looking at each other so yeah it's mm-hmm. one of those things like anticipating what your future self would need and being being there and giving it to them yeah so Another opportunity that I wanted to um, take during this episode is to get to know us a little bit better, right? Because we didn't really do an introductory. I mean, we have our intro to the podcast to tell you what the podcast is about, but like, who are we, right? Who are the bees? So hopefully, you know, after this, you'll know a little bit more about us. Um, So I'll let you go first and I can follow your lead. I should go go first. first. Yes. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So just to be transparent to the listeners, right? We have, we had recorded an introductory video. (laughs) We had recorded an introductory video that we were going to publish, but it was not giving what what we wanted it to give. So we kind of jettisoned it, but maybe we'll um, publish some bloopers from there. I think you already did. You posted one of the bloopers. Yeah. Where, Uh, where my um, code switching was not switching. Code switching fail. I think it's on, yeah. On the pod page, on the Instagram page, if you go to the reels, it's on the reels tab. Um, Okay. So who am I? I am a storyteller, you know, obviously we both like to talk, that's why that's why we're on this podcast. But yeah, I like to think of myself as the storyteller, um, telling stories in different forms, right? I have a TikTok channel that I've talked about on here before, and I use it to talk about Cameroonian culture, Cameroonian history. And then sometimes I just, you know, like to run my mouth and annoy different groups of people. <laughs> If you go to my TikTok comments, you, you'll quickly identify them. But yeah, I discuss, you know, that's kind of what my channel is about on there. Um, I try to keep it centered around Cameroonian culture and African culture, you know, regarding different topics. Um, I also have a book of four short stories, which I published last year. So that's another way that I tell stories by writing. I used to have a blog. Yes. Um, you did too, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See? Um I forgot. I decommissioned mine. I decommissioned mine. Um, I don't remember when, maybe uh, a year or two ago. But I used to write um I used to write just like articles or essays on there, um, nonfiction, right? I would write about the Anglophone crisis in Cameroon. I wrote some, you know. Um, articles on feminism. So maybe I have a new website now. Maybe I will post some of those old blog posts on there. But that's one thing that I enjoyed um, blogging. And then the next phase of my storytelling journey has been this podcast. And I do have aspirations of publishing a full novel one day. So I'll keep you guys posted on that. But yeah, that's that's me, basically, um, in a nutshell. What else? Did I miss anything? No, I don't think. See, this is probably why I should have written it down. But I feel like with the first video, everybody can tell <laughs> that I was reading. So I'm going to, like, freestyle it. And, yes, I'm also going I'm going to start. Like, a lot of people ask, like, how, how did we meet? And you talked mm. about your, how. I mean, like, like every good English-speaking Cameroonian... <laughs> We we don't have six degrees of separation. Mm-hmm. Um, we have mutual friends. I mean, I've known about you from Seca, I guess, maybe. I have friends who went to Seca, so 
by default. I think I met you in Houston. Mm-hmm. I remember the exact party where we met. <laughs> A lot of interesting things happened that night, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. I remember that. I remember that. Um, and I think you mentioned your blog and because people always ask like, so how do you guys know each other? And I think I read, I, before I met you, I'd read your blog. Yes. Cause I remember a conversation you had that day with somebody else about, you know, being mixed in Cameroon. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think you had written an article about that. And I think it was from there. Where I was just like, Oh, you know, there seems like a cool person. And when I was, you know, thinking about like, I want to start a podcast. I'm like, Hmm. Have you thought about doing a podcast before? You know, but it was your writing. <laughs> your your writing definitely drew me to you. Um, so yeah, who am I? I I would say that I'm a noisemaker. Actually, my family, <laughs> they would tell you that I was um I started talking when I was about seven, seven or eight months. I could not walk. I was not mobile until way after I turned one. But they said, if you walked into the house, you would hear a voice giving orders. (laughs) (laughs) You had to find the person. And I would be sitting in a crib because I can't walk. But I could talk and boss everyone. Talk is my button, please. (laughs) I I really wish there were videos of that because I'm super fascinated by the concept of just like, I could not walk. And it's evident in like my first birthday pictures, somebody was always carrying me. (laughs) <laughs> but I was talking and I've been talking ever since I haven't stopped and I always have something to say and I always have an opinion and I like to share my opinions and I like to share all the random knowledge that I, the things that I learned by being on the internet. The internet has been very good to me. Um, I tell people that if it's on the internet, I can find it, anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm convinced that I can <laughs> And so this this podcast helps me, you know, it's like an outlet for me to share, share my opinions, all of them, and just talk about things that we don't typically talk about. Because um, when we talk about things, you know, a lot of times we experience things and we think that these things are happening just to us. And by sharing these, these stories and just sharing our experiences, um, where I'm hoping that I'm helping people realize they're not alone. And hopefully over time, we build a community of people like-minded and otherwise who can challenge our opinions, our views, and we all learn from each other, you know. You know what? I was having lunch with a friend um, uh, this weekend and she was, you know, giving very positive feedback on the podcast. She loves it. And then she paused and she was like, can I give you one criticism? I said, please go ahead. She was like, you guys are really on the same wavelength. Like, have you considered bringing in like a, a contradictory opinion? And she gave a particular episode and, you know, she gave the examples, but I was like, <laughs> As I said, I I really appreciate that feedback, right? And I thought about it a lot while I was with her and, you know, afterwards. But I don't know that I I get what she's saying, right? And we talked about it and I was like, well, it's a podcast. Unless it's a specific type of podcast like news or educational or something that you would expect to have a very objective or multiple sides to a discussion i think people are coming to a podcast with the expectation that you are getting this person's opinion right i've been told 
that I'm very like I don't take other opinions but I just feel like there's certain things where we can have a difference in opinion and there are other things like if our difference opinion is like going to cost me my uterus for instance or put my life at risk then it's not just like we're not I don't like devil's advocate type of the devil himself is booked and busy and mm-hmm. stands on business a hundred percent of the time. So mm-hmm. why do you think that you need to come and work for the? So I don't, I don't encourage you know disagreement just for the sake of like there are things that we could disagree on, but I I don't really like this whole we have to disagree just you know because for the sake of it, right? And I I agree. I definitely hear what she was saying. Um, and she even you know said that but even in our introduction we say that we're sharing our opinions but i agree with what you're saying right because i can think of for example it's not that i don't know um contradictory opinions like for example the topics we talked about last week where we were talking about um, predatory behavior I, i can list opposing opinions that for example a man who who disagrees would have given but am i gonna bring them up no because to your point not all opinions are valid and some are harmful. So I'm not going to name, I'm not going to, you know, bring up a contradictory opinion that is harmful just for the sake of, you know, we want to get another side. No. So I don't respect all sides when it comes to yeah. certain things. It's not that I'm not aware, you know, of another opinion is that I'm not going to platform it and validate it. You know, yeah, yeah. To your point, I mean, I I stand ten toes down <laughs> behind everything that we say on here, um, but yeah, I don't. Devil's advocate just for the sake of bringing in another now, yeah. but yeah, you guys are definitely. I mean, listeners, that's why we always say at the end of the show, right? Write in, DM us, um, comments, yeah. whatever, uh, to to give us your opinion. But generally, to your point, um, I've received good feedback, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Yeah. So two truths and a lie. (laughs) And we'll post this. I I guess we'll post this on our Instagram and people can guess for each of us what the lie, what the lie is. Let me see. Um, I'm a I'm a people person. Like, I absolutely love being around people. I was a student athlete in college and I'm a polyglot and I like to disagree <laughs> on this one, but I am a polyglot. I'm fluent in English, French. My pigeon is a little bit wonky spoken version. Um, and I've decided that I understand all the derivatives of pigeon, Creole, Creole. And <laughs> you understand Patois? If they speak slowly. Really? <laughs> If they speak slowly, I can understand. I guess um, I've never heard I've never I've never heard anybody speaking it like slowly because that's not like their natural pace, right? So I don't know if I yeah. would understand. Yeah. So I went to school with um some Jamaicans and they would like be talking. I'm like, hey guys, slowly. Slowly. <laughs> Every time they were talking. And I could understand. I just needed them to, you know, slow it down. And I mean like some people would disagree, but I've been learning Duolingo Spanish, so I'm convinced that I'm like beginner level. I, I think I'm intermediate now, and I'm giving myself on the, a pat on the back because yesterday, and I don't know what's up with my TikTok algorithm, my FYP, a 
makeup video it, this you know a, a girl was doing her makeup and the whole video she was speaking in spanish and i can read spanish pretty well i intentionally did not look at the captions and i was just watching her do the makeup and this and i understood i would say 90 of what she was and she was speaking like fast she was talking yeah. about how she's going out on a date with her dad and she's bought him some gifts and she's going to show us the gifts and she was kind of going on and on and i was like Wow, I like I'm super proud of myself now. Could I have had a back and forth conversation with her? The speaking is what gets me. You know, I can try, but understanding I'm pretty good. So I just need yeah, to practice. Like when, when it's time to put the sentences together, nothing is coming back to memory. But if you say it, I get <laughs> it. But when when it's time to like put a full sentence together, I'm just like what's going on here? So, yeah. I get that. Yeah, I feel like I just need I need, you know, 3 to 6 months fully immersed in an environment where I'm forced to listen and speak majority Spanish and it will, it will make a big improvement. Um speaking of which by the time this episode airs I'll be in Mexico. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'll definitely be practicing my Spanish. But yeah, that's that's how I feel. I feel like if you just if I were immersed for a few months, yeah. It would be a huge yeah. improvement. I think so. so. Okay, so Bill, that's two truths and a lie is that she loves people. She's a people person. She was um, a student athlete in college, and she is a polyglot. So one of those things is a lie. Can you guess which one? Actually, two of them are a lie. Two of them are a lie. Okay, (laughs) so one truth and two lies. (laughs) So Bill, that's one one truth and two lies. Um, okay, so mine, I'm going to do the rules, play by the rules. So two truths and a lie. Okay, I'm a morning person. I love to cook and I have three tattoos. So one of those things is a lie. And if you have listened to a few of our episodes, you should you should know pretty easily which one is a lie. But we'll see. We'll see who has been paying attention. Okay. <laughs> we kind of already talked about this next point that I have here is why did we start this podcast? So I'll I'll say from my perspective and I don't know actually what, you know, inspired you to start the podcast, but when Bilala came to me and she was like this was, you know, via text because I don't know about you but <laughs> I I I will prefer I will text 1000 messages before I pick up the phone to call somebody. So that's my preferred mode of communication, much to the frustration of my loved ones, but you have to accept me as I am, please. Um, So yeah, we were texting and uh, Bill, I said, I want to start a podcast. And I I don't know if you told me what you had in mind for, for it at that time, but you said, I don't know how you phrased it, but you said something like, oh, you basically invited me to co-host but i didn't understand i thought you were inviting me as a one-time guest (laughs) and i was like yeah of course i would love to come on your podcast (laughs) and she was like no dummy (laughs) oh gosh i i don't remember i know that i came and i was like i asked something about a podcast but i it was so long i don't know I, that should tell you guys how long it, it took us to get this off the ground. <laughs> but one of my philosophies in life is that everything happens in its own time. So this was what the right my friend time. Say, my friend says, um, 
the day you start is the beginning. Like wherever mm. you start, that's that's the beginning. So no, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter how long it takes as long as as long as you do it. Yeah. So and we did. No matter how long, you know, with the the little fake microphone that we. Bro, oh man, I I think I've you know given it away or or done something with it. I should take a picture of the somewhere. mic that I started with. Lord, I have it somewhere. You know, it's it's been a journey, but yeah, yeah, and there's I'm, still I'm, more to come, right? We're still we're gonna keep improving. Yep, with your feedback, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what is the goal, right? I mean, other than vibes. So at the beginning of each episode, we say that, you know, we're sharing our immigrant perspectives about life in the U.S. and other topics, as you know, you have noticed as we've been going through the episode. So what was that our goal? Our bigger goal was just to talk about a lot of things that people typically don't talk about, especially in the immigrant community, where just, you know, we have all the things that come with our cultures and existing in America, which is a more, let's put everything out and talk about it. And so by talking about, you know, some of these quote unquote taboo topics, it Mm -hmm. um, starts the conversation for people to be able to share their own opinion and their own perspective of things that are typically not discussed. And this is going to sound a type of way, but this podcast is a podcast that I needed as a podcast listener, right? I don't know. I, I don't know of a podcast like what we are doing. Um, specifically with the objective that we've said, right, for, you know, a podcast by African immigrants talking about the topics that we are discussing. And I I may be completely wrong, like that there are many, many out there and I'm just not aware of them. I don't know a podcast. And I was was seeking this type of podcast. Of course, I have my favorite podcast that I listen to, but on this specific type of topic, this type of vibe, I know that I, as a listener, was missing this. So I hope that, I don't know about you, but we are making the podcast that I like as a podcast listener. <laughs> Let me tell you guys something. And again, maybe it's because like we're full of ourselves. We listen back to these episodes and laugh our asses off. Like a few days ago, like Bill, that was texting me something about the episode that we just recorded. She was like, why are we so funny? <laughs> No, but it's true. It is true. There are a lot of things that the the more I've grown, I've come to find out that there are just certain things that are common, but nobody talks about it. And so people tend to feel like it's only happening to them. And so those are the kinds of things that I wanted to talk, like as opposed to just talking with my own friends, I wanted to be able to talk about those things where other people can now have those discussions with their friends um, mm-hmm. and and talk like I think for me, especially one thing that I learned later on is like there are a lot of things I've learned as a woman just by being on the internet, right? Like how common endometriosis is or how common miscarriages are. But it's something that just feels like it's whispered in these little mm-hmm. places or just even money management, like finances as an immigrant in this country coming up where people are like, oh, you know, we don't do debts in our culture where I'm just like, simple interest me, please. Um, 
I'm just saying, like, I'm not a big fan of compound, but you know, simple interest. There, there are ways to make the system work for you and be mindful. And so just some of those conversations, those are the things that I would have loved, you know, as a podcast listener that I'll be like, yeah, I can relate to this thing. And so being mm-hmm. able to talk about it and getting the feedback, a friend of mine sent me a message last week where she said, you know, it's like this podcast, it just feels like I'm hanging out in the living room, chatting with my girlfriends. Oh. And I was like, Man. <laughs> <laughs> and that was so touching because I was like, that's, that's really what we we're going for. Right. Like it wanted to be, just we're not preaching or telling people, but just sharing our experiences that others find relatable. Then you know that you're not alone. Like this thing that you're going through, you're not crazy. It's happening to other people. Like the boarding school experience. A lot of people shared mm-hmm. like they thought the experiences were bad. And then just listening to that is like it brought back a lot of memories. But then they realized like their experience, they were not crazy or they were not losing their minds for feeling the way they felt about certain things. Yeah, I got a lot of like good feedback in that episode that it really resonated with people um, who went to boarding school. And I hope it was entertaining for people who did not go to boarding school, just, you know, to hear the kind of madness that we were dealing with. Um, But yeah, I really, I really love what you said about realizing that you're not, alone or you're not one of you know just a few people that's going through something because that is a comment that I sometimes get on my TikTok videos um, particularly from other Cameroonians but other Africans right and I think when you we live in a community or as people cultural people who in a way are very stereotyped right where even we within the culture we look at other people that we we don't know and because they are from our culture we are stereotyping them to 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 think that you know maybe they are religious they are conservative they are this way they are that way so sometimes on my tiktok like when i make videos particularly talking about my spiritual beliefs and how I deconstructed from Christianity, I will get comments from other Cameroonians saying like, wow, I didn't know there were other Cameroonians who thought like this. I get that from other Africans. And I think, you know, that is something to your point where people feel like, oh, I've gone through this. I think this way I'm having this experience. It's just me because, you know, I am a weirdo, but you're not. You're not a weirdo. And if you if you are, you're in good company. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like your TikTok also, I think something that I learned on your TikTok was how similar Sierra Leone pigeon and Cameroon pigeon are, which then brought into thinking about, you know, like the history of Cameroon and Alfred Sika coming to Cameroon with people mm-hmm. from Sierra Leone and, and that connection. It's just... You know, there's so many things there. There's so many topics that I think we can discuss and open room for, you know, conversations. But like I said, it's it's definitely a podcast that I, as somebody who listens to podcasts, I would enjoy. And I mean, I listen to the podcast after we record <laughs> and I crack myself up and I laugh. Bruh. So, yeah. Listen, if nobody else listens to this podcast, know that I listen to it. I'll I be laughing. I usually listen to podcasts when I'm going on my walks in the afternoon and I'm just on that trail laughing my ass off. <laughs> yeah. I sit here making clips for Instagram and I'm bursting out laughing like, oh, wow, we really said that. Um, a friend of mine called me. So she's listening and I went to high school with her. 
And she was, every time she's listening, she said she's just driving and she burst out laughing randomly sometimes at work. And she listened, I don't remember which episode I made a comment where I said I supposedly had a boyfriend and she's like, what do you mean by that? And so I called her, I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, and then you said he's a scammer. I said, did he or did he not scam? She said, but anybody <laughs> who knows you will know who you are talking about. I said, is it my fault? I said, what am I supposed to do with that information? Like, did they or did they not scam? They scammed. <laughs> That's not on me. And it's not my fault that people know me and they know them. And they can put two on two. Maybe I'm helping. I'm doing the Lord's work. Hopefully, this is the shame they need to get their <laughs> life back on track. Wait, they're still scamming? Oh, no. But I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. We we talked about scammers last week. <laughs> Bruh. Okay. So again, because this episode is airing on my birthday, I thought that, you know, among all the other random things that we're talking about, we should give some wise words, right? So because it's my birthday, I want to receive words words of wisdom. Will I follow them? That's a different question, but I still like you know, to, to, to hear them. So give me some, some words of advice. I, I think I'm older than you, right? But it doesn't matter. I don't take that no, perspective on no, life. No, it's a complete sentence. Ooh, see, that's something that I am learning only recently, particularly, I, I still do it right with, with men, um, saying just no, no, because I, I don't want to, no, I don't want to hang out with you. Um, and it sounds harsh or no, I don't feel like, you know, instead of in the past, oh man, I would be wringing my hands and coming up with excuses. Oh no, I'm tired. I have these plans tonight. Sorry, that's why. No, um, I, I don't want to. Thank you for the invite though. And I'm not rude about it. Um, I just say no, but I do appreciate I do appreciate the gesture. I do appreciate the the invitation. So that's something that, you know, I I'm getting better at in the past couple of years. Um, but I just need to say, no, full stop. <laughs> that's no, really. There are days when I start going, and then I ask, I I think about. So there's this thing that they say on Twitter, especially Nigerian Twitter. They say resist the urge to shalaye, which is like resist the urge to explain. And mm. so I usually ask myself, do you really need that? Do you need an explanation? I'm like, no. So I just say no. And that's it. I don't owe you an explanation. If you ask, maybe I'll give you one. But if you don't, mm. then you do not need it. And that's that on, on that. And to that point, also, I don't um, press people, right? Because I respect other people's nose. Um and I think that's something that particularly when you're younger, I'll just use the example of wanting to go out, right? Like, because you want to hang out with your friends or you want to do stuff with your friends and it's because you enjoy the person's company, obviously. And if your friend says, oh no, I don't feel like it's and you're, you know, <laughs> you're pushing, oh, just come out for, you know, oh, just for a couple of hours, you have a no. And that's another like step of maturity is respecting other people's notes and understanding that they don't owe you an explanation even if it's your bestest bestie if she says no i don't feel like that okay end of end of the discussion you know as you know i'm i'm always on the morbid side (laughs) 
sense. <laughs> what, what you said is something that also applied to that. I feel like in our in our society or culture, whenever you hear somebody passed away, people have this urge to say what happened. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten to a point where I'm like, if if they wanted me to know, they would tell me. So as much as I want to know, I don't ask. Actually, a very good friend of mine lost lost their dad about a year ago. And for almost a year, I didn't know what happened. Mm-hmm. Just because in the shock of finding out, my biggest priority was just being there to support and help. And it never felt like there was a good time to ask, so what happened? So <laughs> it was like maybe a year we're having another conversation. And I finally, she's, you know, she mentioned something about the autopsy. And I was like, oh, what happened? And she's like, you never, I said, no. And so we talked about it. And she was more like, you know, thank you for just being understanding. But I just, I told her, I said, there was never a, there was never a right time. And Mm -hmm. I felt like if it was something that needed to be talked about, we would get there. But have I always been this way? No. (laughs) I definitely came from, I said, wait, what happened? So, you know, I get my what happened. Like if somebody's telling me like, you know, like my friend or a sister or cousin is telling me like it's just, then I can ask them. But if it's the the bereaved, you know, the family, I just tell myself like, oh, you, oh, I'm so sorry, and then I do what I have to do, but I'm not asking. See, I I have not thought about that, and yeah, you you're right because your your job is to be there for the person that you care about, right? And maybe they don't want to start, you know, going through all the details of why why that person passed away. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. They're gone and you need to be there for them. So, yeah, I would, I I, I don't know if I would always ask what happened. I would say, you know, or were they sick? But I would always follow it with a question. And in my mind, I'm showing care and concern, but that's not, maybe that's not the way to be fair, you know. Um, yeah. Hmm. Okay. That that is actually some good B day life advice. I'm gonna be thinking about. Not that I'm waiting for anybody to pass away. Oh, please. <laughs> um. So if we're keeping it morbid, some a change that has happened to me. Um. You know, over the years is that I'm not afraid of death anymore. I, I'm afraid of pain. Obviously, I'm afraid of suffering. So. Obviously, we usually connect death with those two things, right? But just leaving this, you know, realm of existence, I no longer fear that. And I had a dream, and this dream will always stick with me. I was on a plane. I don't know where I was going to. Of course, I was on a plane, a Sagittarius gang. But (laughs) I was on a plane, and the pilot made the announcement like, hey, we're going down. Uh, you know, we're going to crash. Like, there's no way the, I don't know what the malfunction was, but the pilot, you know, announced over the PA, like, we're going down, we're going to crash. And it was that kind of thing where, you know, all of us knew, like, there's no way anybody's surviving this. So I had my phone in a dream and I had network. So I was in WhatsApp in my family group chat, telling them that, you know, I love them, but there was no panic, right? In in that dream, like there was no panic. There was no fear like, oh, I'm going to die. I was sending this message to my family. And the only other thing that was going through my head was, well, I've really enjoyed my time here. 
you know, it's unfortunate that it's ending now, but I really had a great time. And I know it was a dream, but when I woke up from that dream, like that is the philosophy that has stayed with me since then. Um, Again, that does not mean that if, you know, I'm driving my car and somebody, you know, a car is coming to hit me that I'm not going to be afraid or anything, but just the idea, right? The thought of dying, like that no longer, it no longer frightens me. Like I'm, I'm ready to go. (laughs) No, I'm ready. Um, I would like to, you know, take care of a few of my affairs so that my sister doesn't have a lot of administrative work to deal with when I pass away. But other than that, I'm ready. <laughs> so I'm I'm not okay, I'm not ready, but I've made <laughs> I've made peace with the fact that it would happen. Mm-hmm. And I think I saw a tweet where a tweet thread where somebody was sharing she'd lost both parents, she'd lost a bunch of siblings, and so there's just she has just like one sibling. And she mm-hmm. said after like the last sibling she buried, she just made peace with the fact that it was going to happen. And that she cannot control anything that happens. Like the only people who really feel sadness or pain are the people who are left behind because that person mm-hmm. is gone. They're mm-hmm. not bothered about anything. Um, and so I'm not, I keep saying, it's not that I'm not ready to go. Let me just keep saying <laughs> it. But I made peace with the fact that it would happen. And I think the big thing I think about is my daughter. I will want to be alive for her mm-hmm. as as you know through at least some of the more critical parts of life um but i also which also makes me try to be a better parent so that she she's prepared for life at any point with or without me or without me mostly um and then but like in other ways i joke about it like apple has a next of kin feature I already have my designations. We don't. I'm not doing surprise. They have that. Yes. Yes. Mm. So right. if once they can just show Apple that you're not here, everything that's on the phone is theirs for the keeping. So I've done that. Even my even my hidden album. <laughs> yes. Everything. Lord. but um i haven't done a will yet but like i think every 401k i have a beneficiary Um, for people with kids you really don't want a minor as your beneficiary just putting that out there it's a lot of pain probably look into putting things in a trust um but yeah so i i'm making peace with it more and more and i'm just like it is going to happen i wish i knew when I think my biggest, the funny thing is my biggest fear of dying outside of like, you know, my daughter is just, ah, so this enjoyment in this life, I'm going to go that's it. There's no more A at the club or no dancing. That's really some of the things. No, that's what I'm saying, right? Like when I say I'm ready, it's not that (laughs) I don't want to be here anymore, even though there are times where I really don't want to be here anymore. But yeah, it's that. I, I've, I enjoy my life. You know, I want it to continue, but if, you know, some angel of death were, were to come and tell me that, Hey, <laughs> your time is up and see, I, I will not be afraid. And maybe it's coming from having lost loved ones where you, you're like, well, wherever, whatever experience they had, I'm not afraid now to experience that they've gone through it. So if they did it, I can, you know, that kind of thing. 
So last week, actually, or maybe this week, I gave more specific um, suggestions for, I always throw out things to like, if, if I die and you're still here, this is what I want. So I've also like, I've told my friends, some of the people that are not allowed to talk about me or try to mourn, they're not allowed to do that. <laughs> Um, I mean, not that I care, right? Because I'll be dead anyways. Petty from the grave. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if anybody who knows me will tell you, since I was 13, I wanted Eve's paw prints. You know Eve's tattoos that she has? Yes. I've always wanted that. So I told my sister and my friend last week that, please, if I die, if I still here and I haven't gotten them, you have to make sure you bury me in a low cleavage dress. I have to tattoo. I said, even if you just print and stick or something. You know, like the one that they used to have in chewing gum when we were growing up? Yeah. Even if that yeah. is the one that you're going to use, you got to give me my paw prints. If I didn't have them in life, <laughs> at, least, at least in the afterlife, please. Come on now. I can My just friend- picture it laid up in the <laughs> casket with your deep V-neck. <laughs> My friend said she'll draw it. I don't know about her drawing skills. I just said they can use like those, you know, water transfer tattoos. But oh, that's funny. That, that is I'm pretty funny. sure it's illegal to tattoo a dead person. I mean, the, the real tattoo. To use ink now because she wants to draw. And I don't know about her drawing skills. If she now goes and takes a marker... And instead of putting <laughs> the tiger print, she'll go now and be doing chupacabra or a hyena. <laughs> That's not the aesthetic I'm going for. <laughs> Actually, today I told her that somebody was not allowed to sit in the front, that they got to send them to the back of the you know, service. That is so funny. Um, <laughs> if I were to give, I, I'm gen- this is my view on advice, right? I think that most people don't actually heed advice right? It's, and I'm just talking about general, like, what's the word? Um, Not, not practical advice. If you ask, if you tell somebody like, this is what I want to do, what are the steps to do it? That, that for me is like applicable and people are more likely to follow that, but just general life advice on like outlooks. I don't know that that's something you can just hear from somebody else and really fully apply in your life. You might hold on to it and it might help you, but you really have to develop, you know, your own lessons. You know what I mean? Like you cannot, somebody cannot just lecture you about something and then immediately it shifts your whole perspective. I think there is some experience that has to, time has to pass and you have to go through some experiences in order to really apply that in your life yes but i also think it depends on your personality like if you're somebody Mm -hmm. who's always listening and you're like more self-aware and what's the word when you're always looking inside introspective introspective Mm -hmm. like if you're more introspective i think when you hear things if your go-to is always like how does this apply to my life how do i incorporate Mm -hmm. this in my life then you're a little bit more amenable than most people. But I do think that a lot, a lot of people, they 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 hear things, but they don't listen. Like mm. they hear what you're saying, but they're not necessarily listening to like listen and process. I think that actually in our culture, a lot of people listen to respond. They hear and they respond. They're not listening to what you're saying. So immediately you say something, somebody has jumped in to like counter when you've not even necessarily made the points that you're making. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we could just stop sometimes and just like 
when somebody's talking like listen to what they're actually saying yeah but i think so i i like to think that i'm an introspective person right and i I maybe even over consume um, media that is geared towards, you know, um, self-awareness, you know, self-improvement. And there's a point where to me, it just stops being effective because you don't have enough, it's too much, right? Too much information. It is usually a, a lot of times it's the same thing. thing yeah. Um Right. Especially if it's social media where the algorithm is really gearing it towards <laughs> you. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I am on spiritual TikTok. And some of it is very useful. And you kind of learn what to, you know, just let go and, and what to hold on to. But yeah, there's, I think there's a point where it just, it becomes ineffective because it's too much. Too much. And, yeah in a way you even become desensitized. Like it really took me for a long time. I would hear people talk about, you know, positive thinking and words of affirmation and all. And let me, I was consuming that content and I could repeat it back to you, but it was not for a long time until I actually applied it to my own life. So I feel like that's the same with advice. And maybe it's our job to filter out, what we're receiving so that yeah we can really apply what is useful to us because there's a point where it just becomes ineffective because it's just too much right yes um but i think that maybe sometimes you're applying the advice but it doesn't your application is not overnight right Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i i i would say that i think that i'm naturally a pessimist if that's a thing and i have a friend who tells me that she admires how I can just try to find joy in everything. And I always say, that's not, that's not me. That's not who I've had to. If you see it today, I've worked my way to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, do, I might not always feel like that is who I am because I know that I feel like I'm a naturally negative person. So I have to find ways to choose joy and be intentional about the ways that I you know, I find joy even when everything is going to shit. So mm-hmm. um, it didn't happen overnight and somebody else notices it, but I don't always feel that way. And it's something that I feel like I'm constantly working. And But with, like what you said with social media, that's the one where I've had to tell, I have to control what has access to my head mm-hmm. because the algorithm would just be pushing and pushing. <laughs> so I have to be mindful of what I am receiving. And I think that that's where self-awareness and just introspection, because I sit down to like ads, right? So we'll always compare. Tosin and I will look at um, our Instagram ads, for instance. And I'm like, why are you getting all these things? Because I swear down, I've never intentionally clicked an Instagram ad just because I don't want them, you know, like they can get my whatever I'm searching for my browser, Mm -hmm. but I've never on purpose click my ads so my ads are all over the place and that's how i treat social media where there have been times where i feel like if i come to your page every day i see you i'm like "Ah, this one again i'll block you not that you did anything Mm -hmm. but i have to control what my mind is taking because i'm like Mm -hmm. why does this person elicit such negative feelings and reactions from me and so these are like some of the ways that i i try to curate what the information that I'm getting. Because like you said, there's so much information that is coming at us every mm-hmm. day 
from everywhere, some more subtle than others. And you have to be really, really mindful about streamlining what you're you're consuming. Agreed. So <laughs> if I can offer some advice after I've said all that about advice, but the, I mean, the one thing that I know for sure, right, is for me, authenticity, you will never go wrong yes. with being authentic. Yes. Being authentic. So I, those of you who follow me on Instagram, you know that I'm into tarot and there's a tarot card called the sun, the sun card number 19. And my favorite reading that somebody has ever done on that card was really short. She said, as long as you are who you are, there's nothing to lose worth having. As long as you are who you are, there's nothing to lose worth having. That's to say that as long as you're being true to yourself, you're being authentic, anything that you lose as a result, any people, any opportunities, any things that you lose as a result of you being authentic, it was not worth having in the first place. So if I have to take one piece of advice with me my whole life and something that I try to apply, it's that one thing is to be authentic. Now, it does not mean that you're not going to make mistakes. You will. You make mistakes. You'll hurt people. You will hurt yourself. But even when you are learning from those mistakes, you're always going to come back to your authenticity. Like it will never, it will never lead you astray. What will lead you astray is trying to be somebody else. That is where you're going to go off the rails. But being authentic, I mean, for me, if I could, you know, go back and offer advice to my younger self, like it would be that one thing, which obviously she already knew because I'm here today. <laughs> but it would be that, like, that's the one thing that, and I don't know where I got that from, but to me that you will never go wrong with that. I want to piggyback on authenticity because as a recovering jackass, like I refer to myself sometimes, <laughs> authenticity does not give you permission to be an asshole or a jackass. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be very careful with your words. You can be, you can be your true self without being hurtful. Um, something that I always say is, are your words meant to hurt or are they meant to heal? So I I used to be the school of thought, but you know how I'm just blunt. That's how I am. Like, yes, I was being myself, but I was also hurting people who were supposed to be my friends and people that I cared about. And as human beings, they're only going to take so much. And after a while, nobody's going to want to be around you. And mm-hmm. so while being your authentic self, you can call out people. You can, you know, tell people their truths that they're in denial about. But I think that especially for people you love and care about, you should always ask yourself before you say something, are my words meant to heal or are they meant to hurt? Well, as my friend said, we're doing, um, we have a framework that this thing you're about to say, are you pouring water on the fire? Are you pouring kerosene? Oh, I like that. I like that. Think about what you're doing before you, it's not saying that you shouldn't be yourself, but we are humans, words mean things. And so when you're engaging with other people, keep that in mind. Like, don't just, I mean, like, yeah, the dress is ugly, but you don't have to break your, your, you know, your sister, your brother. You don't have to break their spirits. Ah, this ugly thing. Or did you dress in the dark? I have said that. But you could just be, so- you know. <laughs> 
So this is a thing that I've heard um, a couple of people give in regards to that advice on TikTok, right? They said, if it's something that the person cannot change in 30 seconds or less, then there's no need for you to tell them, right? So if you're out, for example, Bill and I are out, I've worn a hideous outfit, according to her, we're, we're already out, right? I'm not, I cannot change that outfit, okay? If I dyed my hair purple and she hates it, if she tells me now, what am I, what, what she's giving me that information now that I should do what, right? Like, can I change my hair? No. Can I change my outfit? No. She hits my nose. Can I change my nose? No. So I think that is, I mean, it's not a hard and fast rule that's going to work every time, but you can kind of then use that to ask yourself is that what is the reason why I'm sharing that information with this person? Because what are they going to do with that information? If you're telling me that you hit my nose, okay, now what what what, what should I do with that? Yeah. What would you like me to do with that information? I'm I'm not gonna do anything with it. So the the only reason you could be telling me that is to hurt me, right? Because there's nothing else that can be done. Now, if you know I've put on my lipstick and it has smeared on my teeth, you know, I can say, I hope she'll say it as kindly as possible. That I have lipstick on my teeth, I can clean that off in 30 seconds or less, right? So I think that is, again, it's not a hard and fast rule, but it's something when you're giving somebody an opinion, just is to guide you to think about what is really the action that you think they can take from that. Yeah. Um, To piggyback on authenticity again. One of the biggest lessons I learned in my 20s that I wish I had learned in my early 20s was the fallacy of do unto others what you want to be done unto you does not work. Mm, agreed. I, I don't believe in that because I, I I think that I'm pretty nonchalant about a lot of things. And so if somebody says, you ugly person or your ugly dress, the thing about me is like, if I feel like I'm wearing this dress, there's nothing you can say to me that is going to convince me otherwise. So it doesn't bother me. <laughs> Um, but that's the, it might bother the next person. It might hurt them in ways that I can't even imagine. And so I had to learn. It took me a while where I remember I have a friend who's very particular about returning their calls. They like, they want an answer. Like if you can't pick up, send a text saying, I'll call you tomorrow. I'll call you. But it's just a very particular thing. Right. And I, I fought back so much. I would like, I was so resistant to that. Like, why do I have to do it? Because they want me to do it, you know, like, but I called you back two months later or however long it took me, you know? And it was just a class of like, I wouldn't care if they do it to me. Mm. And I don't know when it finally hit, like, it doesn't cost me anything to do this. And it helps us, you know, it helps the relationship because then they're not upset at me for this thing that I've done. And so I think that was like the turning point where I learned like, you know, for the people that matter, because not everybody deserves this level of intentionality. So, actually, I'm not sorry, but not everybody is deserving. So for the people who matter to me, I try to be the person that like I will be the friend that my friend needs, not the friend mm. that I think that my friend needs. Oh, you're making me feel guilty now, <laughs> bro. The way I hate phone calls, my God. And I know that there are people who I care about, who really like talking on the phone. And the thing is, when you actually get me on the phone, um, it's not like I, I hate it when it's happening. I will talk to you for an hour, but 
there's just something in my head about if you can if I pick up the call then you know everything's fine from there but for me to call you goodness me and even like if you if you're calling me and I'm I don't like multi I don't believe in multitasking right if so if I'm doing something I'm either making the choice to continue do, doing that thing or to answer your call. So if I if I feel like I cannot dedicate myself to your call at that point because of what I'm doing, I'm not going to answer it. And then now to call you back now is going to be a problem. So you've made, you've made me, I mean, I've been feeling guilty about it for years, so it's nothing new. But I really hope that the people who care about me can also just, you know, see things a, a little bit. <laughs> From my from my perspective. You're talking about calling. Have you ever called a friend with kids and you're trying to have a conversation with them? Hey, stop that. Get down. Talking to mothers and I'm talking as one. It's, a, <laughs> it's, it's annoying. It 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 it's sometimes it's just like please please go handle your children, call me back. I promise you. <laughs> or sometimes I ask people like when are your kids napping so I can call you? No. And I had a I had a conversation <laughs> with a friend who said, like, why do people do that? And I said, because sometimes you want to have a conversation and you want the person's attention. Mm-hmm. And I really hate when I'm I didn't talk to somebody, a fam, my cousin for about a year, because a few days after I lost my friend, I called because I just wanted to talk to somebody. I was dealing with all of that. And I said to her, like, you know, I just want to talk. But she had a sick, one child was homesick, the other one. So as I'm trying to tell her, she's like, get down, do this. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, oh, I'll call you back. And she never did. And I, I got upset because I said I was very clear that I needed somebody mm-hmm. that day. Again, but I had to come back and humble myself because obviously she probably had no idea that that's how I right, felt. Right, right, And it was, a, it was a very one-sided beef, which I said to her. But it was just like in that moment, I needed something and... I, did. I I relate to that really heavily because <laughs> something that I do and I'm trying to get better at it is to assume that another person knows not not just what I'm thinking but how I'm thinking it right like just like you said to her I just want to talk you're making the assumption that because to you you have said that and there's a certain gravity right? That it has for you internally because you know the context in which it's being said. The other person doesn't know. And I do that a lot, like to, you know, and I'm trying to get better. I think that I've said something to you. And according to me, eh, (laughs) you should know, you should know every context, you should know every background, you should know everything. And I would do exactly what you said you did is to get upset because the person took something away from the interaction than what I intended. So yeah, that's something that I'm definitely getting better at. And as an overthinker, it's difficult. (laughs) It's really, really, it's a really difficult thing to do as an overthinker because you really construct in your mind. Imaginary (laughs) scenarios. Listen. Imaginary scenarios. You fill in the blanks. 
before hmm. I have a con- before I talk to somebody, I've had the conversation in my head. I have decided this is what I will say. This is what they will say. This is my response. This is what <laughs> <laughs> I've anticipated everything, made up all of these scenarios. I tell people that my mind is really beautiful, but my mind is also a very scary place because the things that I can come up with are ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. every now and again, when I can step back from myself and just be like, wow, wow, you mm-hmm. went ham on this one. Listen. But it, it's like you, like, and mine is really bad in text messages. I am thinking something with all the context, but I've texted one line and somehow <laughs> this person is supposed to, like, sometimes I read a text message and I look at it and I, I know what I was thinking in that moment. But then if I look at it, I'm like, there's no no, my sister gets mad at me a lot because I think things and I don't she would like context. And then that's when I read the message and realize that I said nothing. I just said one line. The rest of it was mm-hmm. in my head, but I never really got it out, which is why mm-hmm. sometimes I do. There are people that I enjoy talking to, but by and large, I don't like to answer my phone. <laughs> yeah, and I will say, right, if we're still on the on the topic of authenticity authenticity doesn't mean that you don't change that you don't grow right it's it just means that you are doing so in a way that is true to yourself because if you're not growing and you're not changing then to me that is a sign of inauthenticity because you must be intentional you must be intentional to not change it's i mean do you disagree? Like, that's kind of how I look at it, because how could you not? If you are really experiencing life and taking yeah. lessons from yes, it. Yes. And I'm not saying that you're going to be a completely different person, but you're growing. I think your core values remain the same, but your positions on certain things can shift. And it's like why we look at people like, how could you have been in this country 10, 20 years and you're holding, like, having you interacted with people from different cultures in a way that can shift your positions on mm-hmm. certain things. So, yes, there's, like you said, it's intentional to want to hold on to these things because we all evolve. As people evolve, cultures evolve, society evolves. Nothing is really stacked. I mean, energy mm-hmm. also transforms. but it's never destroyed never created nor destroyed (laughs) so yeah you you have to you have to make a choice to to not learn from your experiences Mm -hmm. another thing one thing i will also say i think as adults asking for help and accepting help i don't know if it's society that told us that at a certain age we can do all things we can be all things and you're struggling and like you're like crumbling and you for whatever reason it's like it's a sign of weakness to ask for help or what whatever feel like I feel like we find it difficult to ask for help and accept help sometimes for good and I'm sure there might be trust betrayal you don't you don't know but I think maybe with even with the people that we trust it's hard to call somebody and say hey I just need a friend right now or I, w- I read, I watched a video today where somebody said she was, she was going through like a divorce. She was really unhappy. Her family was away and she wanted a hug. So she went on Amazon and bought a teddy bear because she wanted Aww. a hug. Um, and I live with a child who can walk up to me every five seconds. Like, can I get a hug? Um, 
which is like that. I think that that's what we should be able to do. Like, can I get a hug? Can you come hang out with me? I think that as humans, like, I don't know what it is about getting older. You know, like you reach out to your friend, like, hey, when we're teenagers, reach out to your friend, like, hey, can you come over and play? As mm-hmm. adults, I don't know why we cannot tell our friends like, hey, come over, let's drink wine and eat pizza. You know, it just seems like people, we're not comfortable doing that. Yeah, like just hanging out, right? And that's one thing that I appreciate about my sister, the one who lives by me. It's like, I, I just go over to her house and just, there's no agenda. <laughs> I'm just there to be there right to hang like there's not necessarily we're not having dinner we're not no just to be in somebody else's presence or to be in each other's presence and i watched a tiktok that it kind of made me sad because i have a lot of long distance friends and family and it said what you are describing how as kids you experience life together with your friends. Like you guys are playing together. You are, you know, experiencing whatever it is, the day together. But as adults, you meet up with your friends to tell them about your life versus being, you know, there and just hanging out, playing. And it it made me really sad because I feel like that is, you know, when you have long distance friends and family, that's what you're doing a lot of the time is just catching up, telling them what has been happening in your life. They tell you what's been happening in theirs, but you're never really just there. Living, yes. My mm. my my cousin laughs or teases me that I'm needy or because I she sent me like she sent me a house or it was like a picture of two houses connected with like a tunnel or something. And I said that's the kind of house you want. And I said, you already know. <laughs> All left to me Everybody I love will be on the same street. When I go to a grocery store, I'll be like, oh, she needs plantains. So I have a key to the house. I will pass by your house and drop the groceries off and put it away, probably even cook. And to me, that is like the ideal form of life. I I know three siblings who all live, they live here in the same city. And like the two brothers have lived together since they were teenagers, they're in their forties. And I was just like, for immigrants, to me, that is such a big deal. Mm -hmm. And it's such a rare occurrence for you to have lived with your sibling for over 20 years in the same city and your kids get to grow up together. That, that every time I see them, I'm just like, man, you guys are living, you're living the life that I can only dream of. And that's probably one of the reasons why I miss Houston just like the community of people that I had there and being able to call a friend and say, Hey, I need to go do this. Can, can I come and drop my kid or my friend? Like, Hey, I don't have a sitter. Can I bring my kids over? When, when I just had my daughter and I was home alone with her, I think I was carrying her all the time and for whatever reason, but I would call my friend who was a nurse and she worked nights and I'll message her at night. Like, Hey, can you come and sleep here when you get off work? And she literally just come. The two of them would sleep on the couch while I was cooking. Mm. I wasn't even talking to her. I just, it was like I had company. She would talk to me for a little bit. But all she really did was she would lay on the couch, cuddle her, and it would sleep. That way I wasn't worried, like, if she falls or if I'm doing something, I won't hear her. And and then she will wake up and then, you know, go home and get ready for work. So That's really sweet. Yeah, no, Ju- Julia was the MVP for that. I, <laughs> I used to tell her Happy Mother's Day every year. I still do, actually. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, that was 
that 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 those were the words wise words are they wise i don't know maybe things, maybe things they'll wonder right just say words to ponder and see how they apply to your particular situation in life yes as the uh spiritual girlies will say take what is useful and leave the rest right oh, okay i like that i mean yeah i love that the Take what's useful and leave the rest because not everything applies to you. And just to go off on a tangent, right? <laughs> In terms of advice, you often hear people give giving women advice like, oh, you work so much, you carry everybody's. This is usually women giving other women, right? Self-care, self-care. You're taking care of everybody except yourself. Have you stopped to do this for yourself, to that, do that for yourself? I just want to say. I have never resonated with that advice because maybe I'm just a selfish person, but <laughs> I, I never relate. When people are telling women like, oh no, you never stop to take care of yourself, you know, take yourself out, do something nice for yourself. I'm like, girl, <laughs> can't relate. I do it all the time. So I'm saying this to say that one, I finally came across a video and the person is a psychologist, right? And she said, sometimes self-care is self-discipline. And I realized that that was my own form of self-care, right? For the people who overextend themselves for other people, yeah, that self-care is having a day off going to the spa, going shopping, taking themselves out to eat, whatever, all of the stereotypical things that you hear people telling women to do for their self-care. But for some people like me, and I'm sh- maybe others can relate, self-care is discipline. And it's going back to that concept of the future you, because that is a form, form of self-care, being disciplined to take care of your future self. So I just thought that was very interesting. Like that is the only self-care advice that I've ever resonated with. The one that says actually self-care is not ordering Uber Eats or DoorDash, making that sacrifice that one time or, you know, doing whatever it is. You don't feel like working out, do it, you know, because again, that is a form of self-care is being disciplined. Okay. Yeah, I, I can see that. I think my own tangent on this self-care is you have to be wicked. I, I have a few people that I'm in their ears every day, like their agenda from now on is wickedness. And it's not even wickedness per se. It's just put your mask on first. Mm-hmm. I think that women especially are so used to taking care of people and overextending themselves. Like you're you're running on fumes, but every other person's problem is your problem when you can't even function. And so it's just my own self-care advice these days is put your mask on first there's a reason they tell you on the plane to put your own mask on first you cannot you cannot help people if you're running on e you you cannot mm-hmm. pour into somebody so you yeah, can't pour can. from an empty from- cup that, that's what they that's what the girlies love to say and hey i mean you don't, refill, full, but- <laughs> you don't necessarily need to even refill the cup at the spa but it's just save your energy for yourself like mm-hmm. Yes, people rely on you, but guess what? If you don't do it, somebody will do it. And if they don't do it, that's too bad. Like, where the end? You know, the world <laughs> is not going to stop. I, no, I promise you, there are things that you'll be, ben- you know, 
you think that you're providing this thing to somebody, you're going above and beyond, and they're telling that ah, that thing that is it, is it that that thing, that small thing. When you know the sacrifices that you made to make mm-hmm. it happen. And so now I'm just like, gotta be wicked. You have to lean into your wickedness. You know, say no. You don't even have to explain. That thing that you've always been doing when they co- say no and move on. Be a wicked girl. Yes, all 2024. <laughs> All right. So we want to thank you guys so much for listening, for following us on Instagram, for engaging, leaving us reviews on, you know, the various platforms. We got some responses from our episode that just aired yesterday about childhood superstitious beliefs that still have you in a chokehold. So One person said, yes, the whistling one is so real. It has me in a chokehold to this day. And if you haven't listened to that episode, it is um, the superstition is that if you whistle at night, you are calling in uh, evil spirits. That is a superstition from our Cameroonian childhood. I don't know if it exists in other cultures as well. Um, and then this one you mentioned crossing over, crossing over somebody's legs, right? If somebody's yes. sitting with their legs outstretched or they're laying down and you cross over their legs, it stunts their growth. That's that's a superstition. So one of our friends, one of our listeners is agreeing with that. And then she also said, you don't look into the mirror after somebody you know dies because they hey. might show up. <laughs> They might show up in the mirror. They might show up in the mirror and you'll be next. But low key, I want to see, I want to see my person. So I'm going to start looking. (laughs) If that's the way that I know that I'm next, I would like to know, you know. Right. Right. And I also want to say hi. (laughs) I want to say hi. Tell them to prepare the way for me. (laughs) Um, Ooh, this one. I don't know that it was a superstition as much as a manners thing, greeting an elder with your left hand or receiving something with your left hand. I just knew that it was bad manners. And I remember the first time I went to England with my mom, um, I was a teenager and I was paying for something at the store. We were at the store and I gave the money to the cashier with my left hand. And I said, oh, excuse my left. left. (laughs) And my mom was like, nobody cares about that here. Don't worry about it. But yeah, it's something that in Cameroon we grew up with that you don't um you don't give or receive something with your left hand. I don't I don't know what I don't yeah, I don't get it. Or like even kids who are left-handed. My brother started off left-handed and we had an older relative who literally beats him into his right hand. The nuns the nuns did that to my aunt. Um this must have been she would she would have been growing up what in the 50s and 60s, the nuns at the, the Catholic school in Cameroon, they would beat a wooden ruler. They would beat her knuckles and they forced her to write with her right hand. And her handwriting is, when I tell you this, illegible. She, yeah. And she's a doctor on top of that. So it's like double whammy. But yeah, they, they used to beat her. She was left-handed. And now she cannot write with either hand. I mean, it's like... <laughs> My brother was like born in the nineties and somebody was still doing. The... All right. <laughs> what? I'm just tired. I'm just thinking about it. It makes no sense, but it's, it speaks to our education also, because if we know anything about the brain and right-handedness and left-handedness, but mm-hmm. neither here nor there. 
somebody else said, uh, when you kick your left foot on a stone, that invites bad luck. I haven't heard of that one. I've heard something about kicking your foot, but I don't remember. So. Oh, so they said if you kick your, your left foot, then you should immediately kick your right foot so that the good, the good foot will cancel out the bad foot. So there's a lot of left bias in this world that we live in, yes. right? There is a lot of like um, superstition associated with left-handed people with the right left feet. I mean, a lot of instruments are made for, you know, scissors are made for right-handed people. There's a lot of discrimination against left-handed people. Justice for left-handed people, please. I mean, like the first time I saw a left-handed notebook in college, I was so fascinated um, or left-handed scissors. So I think that when you're like the typical neurotypical or anything typical, Mm -hmm. you move through the world. You don't even see how hard it is for the person because I don't think I ever thought about how hard it was for a somebody who was left-handed using the notebooks that we used, for instance. Right. Or just even writing, like writing from left to right they could easily just write this way mm-hmm. from right my mom right. is my mom is left-handed and she was a teacher and she used to mark you know the ticks and the x yeah. like she would do it on the opposite side of the page as oh. other teachers yeah so she, she used to mark exams like on the on the opposite side <laughs> so this is from our diaspora wars episode um i believe that was episode number five let me just make sure no six episode six um so diaspora wars and this was just talking about the stereotypes that um you know black americans and africans have about each other and how some of those negative stereotypes you know come out and um, another great episode, ladies, keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Um, somebody else says, I resonate with their experiences. I don't know if they mean the experiences of the African immigrants. I think it was our experiences. Oh, with, with yes. our experiences. Oh, okay. They they left a more in-depth comment on Instagram. Oh, got it. Okay. So they, they resonate with, with us. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> this one's going to piss you off. <laughs> So in that episode, Bilal was talking about how much she loves Makosa. And I don't know if we said something else about Makosa, but this person says, did y'all mean Sukus, not Makosa? Question mark. <laughs> I really want this person to come, come, come to the front of the class. Let's talk. I just have a question because <laughs> I feel very, I, I feel very insulted that somebody questioned whether I know the difference between Sukus and Makosa. And especially considering that you consider most of what West Africa, well, not West Africa, Nigerians mostly consider Carolina, Mapuka, Sukus, Dombolo, everything French is Makosa. <laughs> I'm offended. Somebody said, you mean Sukus or Makosa? Um, yeah, no, I meant Makosa. Thank you. She's a Makosa connoisseur, please. Don't, don't, don't ever make that. Now, if it was me, you would be well within your rights to be questioning you know, my Makosa knowledge, but when it's Bilala, please don't don't ever do that again. Um, and then I'll just read um, from one more episode, the boarding school. And again, I we received a lot of feedback like via Instagram, but this is from Spotify. Um, 
One uh, listener says, did not enjoy most of my boarding school experience and definitely would not send my children. The food, the older students, and some of the wickedness I saw some of them show, <laughs> it's a no from me. Hey, completely agree. Uh, this is from a, a Sika girl. She says, I attended Sika Baptist College. The experience gave me lifetime friends, but I hated it. So basically, this is what I said. So she's agreeing with me. Um, and then another person says, complicated questions, but... I, at least I can answer one. No, I would not send my children to boarding school, mostly because they're uselessly expensive. It's a good point. She said they will go to Lycée. And for the listeners, Lycée is just a regular high school where, you know, a day school. <laughs> she says she even threatens homeschool. <laughs> Thank you so much for engaging with us um, on Spotify. And we also have some nice reviews from Apple Podcasts. Yes. So the first one says, I've never found a podcast I related to as much as this. I can't get enough of the laughs and lots of confirmation that it's just not me and my experiences as an African immigrant girl. Thank you to bees in a pod. Um, Aww. <laughs> <laughs> you got Listening to the two bees on my drive has been fairly entertaining, yet so relatable. I found myself nodding, laughing, empathizing while listening to this podcast. Keep it coming. Thank and to you all my so friends much. who keep sending their reviews on my WhatsApp, please do the necessary and put it in the places that matter. Thank you. Yeah, I also get a lot of reviews via my Instagram DMs. And thank you so much. Uh, but you should let the world know, right? It's like those guys that when you post a picture on Instagram, they won't comment. They won't comment on that picture with everybody else, right? They will come into your DMs. They'll, they'll first DM you your own picture. And then they start, you know, the compliments in the DMs, please. Guys, don't be like those guys, okay? Leave your leave your compliments out in the public for everybody to see, you know, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. <laughs> leave us the five-star ratings and reviews. Don't be like the guys who are, you know, hiding from their girlfriends. That's yes. why they don't want to that's why they don't want to put their comments under your picture. <laughs> <laughs> love us loud loud and proud mm -hmm. don't don't treat us like a side chick <laughs> and also um if there's a topic that you think would be relevant that you would like to hear us discuss um definitely i'm going to put a q and a um here on spotify for for you to leave that or you could you know again slide into our dms we are at 2beastpod on instagram I hope you've enjoyed this episode. It was kind of all over the place, but it's, you know, leading up to my birthday and I didn't feel like doing too much work. So we're just vibing. <laughs> I think it was great. And I'm going to say that every week when we start recording, we go, I think this would be a short one. Bruh, <laughs> two hours later. <laughs> so yeah, this was another one of those, but here we are, two hours almost two hours later you know so but it was fun it was fun and i i hope you all enjoy listening listening to us and sorry to the people in my life who have been listening to me talk since they started <laughs> talking and until next time very <laughs> sweet translation <laughs>
the gist was so sweet the thief laughed in the attic so <laughs> so bandai's attic i thought it was like inside the ceiling the, no but it's essentially like so bandai typically would be in the kitchen especially where mm-hmm. they use it to dry grain because it's really wet outside and you can't dry mm-hmm. your corn and stuff. So the smoke from the cooking is it, what dries. Oh, dries so it. in the rafters, is it the rafters? Is that the right word? What's the rafter? I thought rafter is like what you're describing, right? That like the ceiling, um, the planks in the ceiling. Is that what's but about you, ha- that? you have to go in there and remove it. That's why I call it attic now. Like, how do you take it out, the stuff from the banda down? It's not really rafters. I've never lived in a house that had a banda, but at least not what you're describing. I know what you're describing, and it's it's in the kitchen, right? So, I don't know what kitchens in Limbe look like, because I feel like banda is a very graphic thing, at least in Cameroon. Because it's like where they used to dry corn and other things, because it's really wet outside, mm-hmm. and you need to dry. So, it's like a, I want to say a mezzanine floor. We've gotten too deep into the woods. We've really gotten really deep into the architecture. It's not a whole floor. It's a space. It's a space. In the yes. ceiling. In the ceiling, yeah. Yes. Okay. So so the, the thief man or the thief was is hiding, hiding in the banda, right? He's hiding in this, you know, in the rafters, whatever you want to call it, in this space in the ceiling. And the people down below in the kitchen are talking they're just seeing and the story was so enjoyable that the thief forgot <laughs> forgot, forgot himself <laughs> and burst out laughing too and that's how they got caught very <laughs> sweet so that's if man laughed for banda and i love it because we're talking about us and our podcast and our story so hopefully this yeah. story the sweets <laughs> <laughs> to the point that if you make a Tiffman laugh for Banda. <laughs> you know, I know somebody who uses this, especially when you tell them like hot, hot just like it's really sweet. They're like, whoa, they're like very sweet Tiffman laugh for Banda. That's to tell you how sweet <laughs> this, <laughs> this bite of information is. But yeah, um, thank you guys for listening and Happy B-Day.